the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Honoring the Lord's Day, calling it a a delight. That is the subject of our time together today as we go to God's Word together. Won't you join us? Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, coming right up. And again, welcome to our program today, coming to you from Reformed Heritage Church right here in San Jose. As we take a look at Isaiah 58 one last time, we do so with the reminder that it is something that we are to honor the Lord's Day. It is something we are to call a delight. And if, in fact, that is what it is to us, it will be honored. With some encouragement in honoring the Lord's Day, here's Pastor Gary Wagner and today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. To be good and serious students of the Bible, we must ask a question. These promises are in the Old Testament. Can we be sure that these Old Testament Sabbath promises apply to us today? And the answer is most definitely particularly when we go back to the broad context of our text. Going all the way back to Isaiah 53, we see a great messianic prophecy, a great prophecy of Jesus Christ and the life of His disciples in the New Covenant. In chapter 53 of Isaiah, verses 5 and 6, you have the gospel spelled out as clearly as anyone could want it, that the Lord Jesus Christ came as the suffering servant to lay down his life for sinners. It says, All we as sheep went astray, we turned every one to his own way. But the Lord laid on him the afflictions and chastisement of us all. Then in chapter 54, he prophesied the glorious and global effects of that suffering and death of the Messiah in the global success of the gospel and the conversion of a multitude of people from all over the world. In Isaiah 55, he calls us to faith in Christ and repentance of our sins. In Isaiah 56, he shows us the place the Sabbath will have and the new covenant during the reign of Christ, which is now. In chapter 57, he promises us peace and restoration and fellowship with God in Christ through faith and repentance. In Isaiah 58, he promises that those who repent during the reign of Christ will renew the old cities, be the repairers of the breach and restorers of the ancient ruins. And then he concludes the prophecy about life in the new covenant under the Lord Jesus Christ with these verses on the Sabbath, its promises and conditions. The point is, these verses, 13 and 14, do most certainly apply to us today. And when a person says that's Old Testament, It doesn't apply to me. Beloved, that is his way of suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. All of these promises 
that are set forth for us here in verses 13 and 14 are the very things we as Christians long for. We long for deeper and more intimate communion with God. We long for spiritual victory over our enemies. We long for the practical enjoyment of the privileges and the blessings of salvation and the coming true of the promises of God in our lives. These promises are for us, but there are conditions with them. Do you want these promises to come true in your life? Verse 13 tells us the conditions. First of all, if thee turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy own pleasure on my holy day. Now, I want you to notice some words here. On my holy day or the Lord's day. Isaiah, by his designation, is anticipating the language of the New, of the New Testament that calls the Sabbath day the Lord's day and refers to the Lord Jesus Christ himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, so long as he has a kingdom which is forever, he will have a Sabbath over which he is Lord. Why is the Sabbath day referred to as the Lord's holy day? Well, it's not because men voted that the first day of the week would be a good day to rest, but because God himself sanctified that day as his special day of the week at the very beginning of creation after he spent six days creating the world. And then he rested on the Sabbath. So what do we mean when we say that God makes a day of the week holy? Well, in a sense, of course, every day is holy. Because holy means to belong to the Lord, and every day belongs to the Lord and is to be spent in His service. But in another sense, to make the day holy is to say that when God sanctifies something, He sets it apart from its everyday common use so that it can be used exclusively for the worship of God. He set aside not only a day, in fact, several days in the Hebrew calendar. But he made a holy place, the tabernacle and the temple. He made holy an altar and various other things that God sanctified and made holy in the Old Testament, as well as the Sabbath day. And in each incident, it was to set that thing aside from its common, ordinary, everyday use to a special holy use exclusively for the worship of the living God. So when God set the Sabbath aside for worship, now listen, even though these things that may be done ordinarily every day of the week with God's blessing Monday through Saturday are prohibited on that day, when God makes a day holy, it is no longer for ordinary activity. It is a day that is given to the worship of God. So in making it holy, these things that we do Monday through Saturday are prohibited because God has designated the Sabbath for worship. Therefore, when we treat the Sabbath as any other day of the week, we profane it and we trample upon it. Isaiah is specific here. He tells us how we profane the Sabbath through the use of three participles. Let's read verse 13 again. 
And this time I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable and shall honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word. Now notice what he says here. He says you profane the day by doing your own pleasure on God's holy day. You trample it underfoot. You reject his promises by doing your own pleasures on God's holy day. So what's he getting at? By doing those things you delight in, the other six days of the week, business, work, play, hobbies, studies, or whatever you do that is normal, the other six days of the week, it is trampling underfoot the Lord's day if you do them on the Sabbath. And beloved, you cannot then expect the blessings of your God on your life. Joey Piper says in his book, The Lord's Day, God does not forbid our pleasures on the Sabbath day because he's opposed to pleasure. Rather, he is calling us to turn aside from lesser pleasures, to seek the greater pleasures he has in store for us in that day in the worship of the living God, unquote. Well, not only are we to n not do our pleasure on the Lord's day, but it says we are to call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable. Rather than treating the Sabbath as an ordinary day, we are to revere it, we are to honor it, and we're to delight in it. The word delight we also see in verse 14. And it means to take exquisite pleasure in the Christian Sabbath. We are to take pleasure in the things God says we are to do on the Sabbath. Exquisite pleasure in worship. Do you have that? Exquisite pleasure in rest. Do you have that? Exquisite pleasure in fellowship with your family and Christian friends. Exquisite pleasure in charitable service to those who are in need. To call the Sabbath a delight is to love to do the things God commands us to do on his holy day and nothing else. And these exuberant delights and the spiritual activities of the Lord's days are things that only the Holy Spirit of God can produce in his people. So, beloved, you need to be on your knees before God asking him to give you the pleasure of honoring his Lord's day. Verse 13 also says we are to call the Lord's day honorable. That, of course, is to say we are to honor it. Now, how do we know, how, how do we honor the Lord's Day according to Isaiah 58, 13? It says, we are to honor it by desisting from our own ways, seeking our own pleasure, and speaking our own word. Now, let us honestly, before God, try our best to understand what those three participles mean. We honor God on his Lord day and honor his day by desisting 
from our own ways. In other words, we are to cease and desist from doing the affairs and responsibilities of everyday living on the Christian Sabbath. What does that phrase, your own ways, mean in Scripture? Well, it it can mean sinful ways. It says in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own ways. So, beloved, that actually means to us that it's even worse to sin on the Lord's day than an ordinary day. But this phrase, your own way, is used in a broader sense here for the general activities in life. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So what is God telling us to do here? He is telling us, as Joey Piper writes, those activities of work and pleasure that are permissible the six other six days of the week become sinful when we do them on the Sabbath. God has given us six days for those things. The seventh belongs to him. The things that are normal and proper Monday through Friday, if we do them on Sunday, he says we profane the Sabbath. We are not to do our own ways on the Lord's day. We are also to desist from seeking our pleasure, it says. In other words, the Sabbath is not a day for play or amusement or recreation. Pleasure here is the same word used earlier in the verse when it says to turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on the holy day. Listen again to Piper's comment. If you delight in the spiritual exercises of the Sabbath day and do not seek your own pleasure, you will take great pleasure in God. You are not to pursue your own pleasure in playing or recreation. Rather, you are to discover the unique treasure of the Sabbath, to take exquisite delight in what it offers, unquote. In other words, he's saying we are to look at the Sabbath as our spiritual vacation. You get a spiritual vacation the first day of every week. You get to take a vacation from work, And you get to take a vacation from play. Beloved, how often have you taken a vacation and had to come home and rest a few days from your vacation? Well, here God gives you a real vacation. The first day of every week. So we're to give ourselves on the Sabbath totally and completely to worship, fellowship, rest, and charitable service like visiting the sick and evangelism and bringing a meal to a shut-in, etc. Then the third participle says that we honor the Sabbath day by desisting from speaking our own words. Brothers and sisters, I am not making this stuff up. This is right here on our text. Not only are we to cease doing our own pleasure, following our own ways, but on the Sabbath, if it's going to be the great blessing to us, God promises we must desist from speaking our own words. In other words, Sabbath conversations are different than the conversations we have on other days of the week. 
Because on the Lord's day, our minds are to be resting on and focused on the things of the Lord. So the topics of our conversations will reflect that attitude. So as a result, our conversations will not be filled with the topic of work, business, sports, hobbies, the news, and recreations. This doesn't mean it's a sin when you ask someone, how are they doing? The point is, you're not really resting if you talk about the same things you talk about during the week. What you talk about with your wife or parents when you come home every day. You talk about your work and school and the world's trials and tribulations and that great big conspiracy that's out there. You carry things home emotionally and intellectually. Well, Sunday is not a day for talking about those things, beloved. Now, this doesn't rule out having good conversations with your families and friends about family affairs and what's going on in each other's lives because fellowship requires that kind of knowledge of one another. But God wants us to avoid needless conversation about work and play. Listen to what our shorter catechism says concerning the application of Isaiah 58:13. It says, it asks... What is forbidden in the fourth commandment? It answers, the fourth commandment forbids the omission or careless performance of the duties required and the profaning the day by idleness or doing that which is in itself sinful or by, necess- uh, or by necessary thoughts, words, or works about our worldly employments or recreations. And the best application of 58 to our lives, the most practical application, the most penetrating application that I know of is to be found in the larger catechism. And I want to read four questions and the answers from the catechism to you. Now, this is an older version of English, but I want you to listen carefully and you'll get the point and appreciate the great minds of the men who gifted us with this outstanding document. So please concentrate. I'm going to read the questions and answers to questions 116, 117, 119, and 121. Question 116. What is required in the fourth commandment? The fourth commandment requireth all men, the sanctifying or keeping holy to God, such set times as he hath appointed in his word, expressly one whole day and seven which was the seventh day from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, and the first day of the week ever since, and so is to continue to the end of the world, which is the Christian Sabbath, and in the New Testament called the Lord's Day. Question 17. How is the Sabbath or the Lord's Day to be sanctified? The Sabbath or Lord's Day is to be sanctified by an holy resting all the day, not only from such works as are all at times sinful, but even from such worldly employments and recreation as are on other days lawful, and making our delight to spend the whole time, except so much as it is to be taken up in the works of necessity and mercy, in the public and private exercises of God's worship. And to that end, we are to prepare our hearts, and with such foresight, diligence, and moderation to dispose and seasonally dispatch our worldly business, that we may be the more free and fit For the duties of that day. Question 119. What are the sins forbidden in the fourth commandment? 
The sins forbidden in the fourth commandment are all omissions of the duties required, all careless, negligent, and unprofitable performing of them, and being weary of them, all profaning the day by idleness, and doing that which is in itself sinful, and by all the needless works, words, and thoughts about our worldly employments and recreations. Question 121. Why is the word remember set in the beginning of the fourth commandment? The word remember is set in the beginning of the fourth commandment partly because of the great benefit of remembering it, we being thereby helped in our preparation to keep it. And in keeping it, better to keep all the rest of the commandments and to continue a thankful remembrance of the two great benefits of creation and redemption, which contain a short abridgment of religion, and partly because we are very ready to forget it, for that there is less light of nature for it, and yet it restraineth our natural liberty in things at other times lawful that it cometh but once in seven days, and, mere, and many worldly businesses come between, and too often take off our minds from thinking of it, either to prepare for it or to sanctify it, and that Satan, with his instruments, much labor to blot out the glory, and even the memory of it, to bring in all irreligion and in piety. In other words, it brings our minds back to Christ. I want you to notice particularly a statement that was made in one of those answers that's based on Isaiah 58. It says on the Christian Sabbath, we are to lay aside, says our catechism, all worldly employments and recreations that are on other days lawful. When our Westminster fathers used the word worldly, they didn't mean it in some kind of pietistic way. They're not simply speaking of sinful activities. That which is worldly on the Sabbath day is that which on other days is lawful. In other words, it is speaking of those proper and good employments and amusements and recreations that fill up the other six days, which we are to do to the glory of God. On the Sabbath, these activities are forbidden. This commandment is not given to us to restrict us, beloved, but to liberate us from anything that would make it impossible to give the entire Sabbath day to the public, family, and private worship, rest, fellowship, and charitable service to the glory of God. My beloved brothers and sisters, the Sabbath day is the most important day of your week. It is a day God has given to you by His grace to refresh you and bring your wandering minds back to where it must be properly found in Christ. If we are to spend the rest of our days in the blessed grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, God will indeed make the Sabbath day of delight for you if you seek to spend that day as He commands you to live. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your Sabbath day, and yet we are still neglectful of it. We do not take it as seriously as we should. We profane your day 
We don't use the entire day in worshiping you as you have commanded. Oh, forgive us, Father, and help us to reverence this day. To give this one day in seven to considering your ways. To praising you for your mighty sanctifications. Let us never again take this day for granted. But let us use it wholly for your glory and for our rest and rejuvenation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.